And today we will be looking at giving as worship. Very important message, I believe, for every one of us. Um, Luke 21. Not a lot of verses here, just I think four verses, but we're going to look elsewhere as I usually do. I have several cross-references. But I just want to say a few things before we dig into the message. You're well aware, I'm sure, that one of our founding members passed away this last week, Ann Peel, went to, went to be with the Lord on, I think it was Thursday, and uh, she's, she's, she's with the Lord, and we're thankful for, for that, and she had been uh, living up in Wisconsin with her daughter and son-in-law, and had suffered for so long with Parkinson's, and this, now, now she doesn't have any of those struggles anymore. And she's, she's with her Savior, and so we rejoice in that. But pray for comfort for the Peel family. And uh, as you know, there, There's not going to be a funeral, but there will be a visitation a week from Friday down in Keokuk. So I'll give you more information on that, but I think it's 2 to 5 in the afternoon on, the, on that Friday. So, And then uh, I, did, I did also want to mention... Operation Christmas Child. Now, we did that last November. We packed, I want to say, 40-some shoeboxes, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think it was. And I got on their website and uh, typed in one of the codes to see where the boxes went. And they went to Chile. So that, that was kind of neat. And to Chile. Uh, two years ago, the boxes went down to Mexico. So you just never really know, but it's all in the Lord's hands. So... Let's, let's go ahead and just open with a word of prayer here and ask for the Lord's blessing. Heavenly Father, again, we praise your name. We thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for the word of God. And this, the, the blessing it is to have the word of God and to know it is, that it's inspired, that it has no mistakes, and it's the authority for our lives. And it's, a, it's the solid foundation that we need. And Lord, we just pray today that as we look into your word, that you would just guide us by your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand what your will is. And may we be willing to, to up, up, apply it, Lord. I just pray for, for liberty here. I just pray that, that you would be honored and glorified. Lord, we, we, just, uh, we also pray for the Peel family here as Anne has passed away. She's gone to be with the Lord. We thank you that she knew Christ as Savior and, and is with you today and, for, and forever. And we just we thank you she no longer struggles with the physical uh, problems and difficulties that she experienced, but she is, she's in paradise. And we, we, just, we do pray for comfort and peace for, for the family and, and for friends as well. And we do... Continue to pray for Operation Christmas Child with the, bo- with the boxes that we were able to pack and send along to these children down in Chile. And we just pray that, we pray for each of the children who received the box, that, that the message of the gospel that they heard would, would really make a difference. We had no idea how many came to know the Lord. Maybe some are still thinking about it. But Lord, I just pray for spiritual fruit there. Pray that you'd be glorified. And Lord, again, we just pray for your guidance and direction, your blessing in this message. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. 
So today, Luke 21, there's a lot of different reasons why we come together on a Sunday. And if you were to, if we were to take a survey and everybody just, you know, maybe wrote down the number one thing, the reason why you come to church on Sunday, why you look forward to coming to church on Sunday, I think we would get a variety of answers. Maybe it's to hear a great sermon. <laughs> Uh, maybe to, to be able to sing, or it's, you, know, you want to be together with the people, with, with the family that we have here. Maybe you love, you, know, you love getting to dress up. You know, we don't necessarily do that much through the week, but on Sunday to do that, maybe you just really look forward to the conversations and, and being able to encourage others. Maybe you really appreciate when you come together the focus on God here and setting aside earthly concerns and focusing on, 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 the, on the Lord. Maybe our focus on prayer, uh, serving. Uh, so many of us serve the Lord and being, being able to minister in some way. I mean, there, there's all sorts of things. Why? Why people enjoy coming together. Maybe I missed one that you have. Uh, but as I was thinking about that, there's one reason that we come together that perhaps people don't, they, they wouldn't put as number one on their list. And number one is, is the reason why they look forward to Sunday. But it's, it's a reason that is easily overlooked and misunderstood and often gives people a bad feeling in their stomachs, and that's giving. That's giving to, 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 the, to the Lord. When we have our offering, when, when you're able to worship the Lord in giving. Now, we, when we give back to Him some of what He's allowed us to manage for, for Him. It, it, it all belongs to Him. But giving. Now, there's, you know, I, there are some churches that have restructured the worship service to, well, to not even have an offering. And for a time, we didn't have an offering during COVID. But some, some churches put the offering at the very end, if there is an offering, you know, after the service is over and concluded. We don't want to distract from worship with an offering, is, is the idea. And I, I just think that's misplaced. Uh, worship includes giving. Giving is worship. It's an act of grace. It's an act, as, as we'll see today, it's very important. It's not an interruption to the worship service when we have an offering. It's, it's part of worship, and it's so important, and it's a demonstration of our faith. It's a way to, to show our love to God. So, you know, a lot of pastors, they will avoid a topic like this, and, and you know, as we work through a a book of the Bible, and here Luke, we come to a variety of subjects, and I love that. And here this, this morning we look at giving. We look at giving as worship. Pastors don't want to be seen as greedy, and I can, I can understand that. Here I've been here three, three and a half, approaching four years, and I've, I, I think this is the first time I've preached on giving. And I, you know, the Lord has laid on my heart sometime in the future to, 
to perhaps do a, do a mini-series on stewardship and, and giving and what the Bible says about money and our possessions. But this morning, I think this is a very important subject. And it's something that we don't hear very often. And, and part of me wonders, do we even need to have a whole sermon on this? Because this is a very giving church. You are a very generous church. We're not many in number, but we, you know, you, you, you give generously. And that, that's, a, that's a strength here. But it is, it is good to, to look at it from time to time. Uh, and here as we, you know, just to set the context, as we proceed through Luke, we are in the final week of, of our Lord's life, leading up to that Friday when he will die on the cross. And this is probably on... Somewhere around Tuesday, Tuesday to Wednesday of the week, he's in the, in the courtyard of the temple there in Jerusalem. He's, he's not just saving himself for Friday, just taking it easy. Uh, he's, he's ministering every day. He's preaching and teaching and performing miracles in the temple courtyard every day and, and staying busy, knowing his time is short. And Passover is right around the corner, and there's, that's perha- this is perhaps the busiest time of the year in the temple, with Passover just days away, and so many Jews from all over the world have come to Jerusalem, and thousands and thousands of people are there. And he, what Christ sees this, this morning in our text, after just calling out, in rebuking the scribes, as we saw last week, the scribes, the hypocrites, even the Sadducees, there at the end of chapter 20. He looks over, I think there's a break. The rebuke is done, and he looks over, and he sees an offering box over you know, some place there in the temple courtyard, and people lined up and, and giving their offerings, putting in their financial gifts their tithes. And what he sees and points out, I think, should change our lives and really really help us to understand what God's will is about giving. Uh, God cares how, how, how much, why, and what we give. So, um, just before we look at the text, I do want to remind you how important giving and stewardship is in Scripture. It's not just a very obscure topic that is seldom mentioned. I didn't realize this, but 16 of Christ's 38 parables, so 16 out of 38, are about stewardship. And Christ taught more about stewardship than about heaven and hell combined. Now, that's amazing. This one really jumped off the page to me. One out of every 10 verses in the Gospels is about stewardship. One out of 10 verses. 10% of the Gospels. And throughout the whole Bible... There are more than 2,000 references to wealth and property and stewardship. More than 2,000 verses. That's more than the total references for faith and prayer. (laughs) That's amazing. So stewardship is a pretty important subject. Yet I think, as I already mentioned, is, is often ignored or not preached or preached very carefully and gently and, 
it's my desire to be faithful to the text this, this morning. So let's, let's, let's go ahead and read the text. Luke 21, 1 through 4. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Wow. What a text. And it's here for, for our benefit. It's here to, to help us to know even more how to please the Lord. So this morning I, I see three principles from this text to help us to know about giving. First is, is giving is for everyone. Giving is for everyone. It's for everybody. In verses 1 and 2 here, who, who is giving their, their offerings? Well, we see the rich, and in the parallel passage, I believe it's in Mark, it says many rich. There were so many wealthy people who were putting their offerings in the offering box. And large offerings, big gifts. That's, that's not a, Christ doesn't rebuke them and say it's wrong to give a big gift, a large amount. That's fine. That's good. But it wasn't just the rich. It was the, it was the poor. It was this widow. She sees the widow along with the rich. And Christ, knowing all things, knows the two little copper coins and we're going to look at that in a little bit, the two insignificant little coins that she puts in the offering mean more than all of these large gifts. That just blows my mind. That's amazing to think about. But they're all giving. This woman, we don't know much about her, but she was a widow and very poor. Do you think she could have... She, she, she could have rationalized not, not giving a gift. <laughs> she, if, if all she had was these two little copper coins to her name, she probably would, you know, she, she could justify in her mind, I don't have enough to give. I'll just look at all the, the large amounts these other people are, are giving. Surely the Lord can use all that, and I need this to live on. But she didn't. It's for everybody. It's not optional. Giving is not optional. It's not something you do if you feel like it. Giving is required. If you're a believer, if you know the Lord, it's, it's something that you should do. Worship is part of, it's part of living, living the Christian life. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 16.2, and we'll turn there after a little while, but in the instruction to the Corinthian church about giving, he says, Paul says, on the first day of the week, each of you is to put something aside. He doesn't say, those who feel led to give, let them lay something aside. He says, each of you. Everyone. It's, it's an act of worship. Now, 
you know, you know it's, it's, for, it's for believers. Now, if you're not a believer, if you're somebody who has yet to put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation and be born again, God, God wants you to come, to come to him through faith in his son. The, the, the next step for you is to become a Christian. Uh, and then, and then even to give after that. But more importantly, you need to worship God through, through faith. Uh, but as Christians, how we give is also worshiping God by faith. And it shows our, our level of faith by what we're willing to give. Uh, and then at you know, the end of that verse there, 1 Corinthians 16, 2, let, let each of you put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. As he may prosper. And so there's a different amount, a different level that people are to give. And, we, and we'll look at that as well as we work through this sermon. But we're all to be given. It's, it's a requirement. It is, it is something that's expected. God expects a Christian to, to, to give. Um, secondly... Giving is to be generous. Giving is to be generous. Now, how much did these two groups of people give? Here you have the rich, these, these many rich men. How much did they give? Well, it says, uh, you know, it says they, they gave a lot. The rich putting their gifts in. Uh, in Mark 12, 41, that parallel passage, Many rich people put in large sums, it says, Mark 12, 41. So they're, they're giving enormous gifts financially. Um, and as I already mentioned, it's not sinful to, to give a large gift. I mean, that, that he, he doesn't rebuke them and say, how dare they give a large gift? No, that if God has prospered you in a large, abundant way, you should give that way. But then we also see the, the poor widow. A poor widow. Not just the poor widow, but a poor widow. She puts in two small copper coins. Two small copper coins. And at the end of verse 4, we learn that she is in poverty. She, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. She, she, put it, she put in everything she had. Amazing. Now, these two copper coins, uh, or mites, I think the King James Version says, uh, this is commonly, this is where we get the widow's mite uh, ter terminology. And Mindy, my, my, my loving wife, reminded me that we have this. We, we actually have a widow's mite. Now, I don't know if it's a legitimate... Widow's might from, it says here, uh, 103 to 76 B.C. I mean, this is even older than the biblical text. But I don't know. This, her her great-grandma Vera used to use this when she would teach on the widow's might, teach su Sunday school. And then Vera gave it to her grandma Edith. And she also taught using this in Sunday school. And then she gave it to Mindy. And now I'm holding it up in a sermon as well. So... If, if, you, if, you, if you want to see it, uh, it it'll, it'll, it'll be up here. But um, here's, you know, here's a widow's mite, kind of blown up there a little bit. But it's a, uh, it's a lepta. 
That, that's the name of the coin, a lepta, or lep, a lepton, I guess. Le, lepton, lepta is plural. But the smallest coins in circulation in Judea. These were, they'd be similar to, to, to today like a, like a penny. The smallest coin available. You know, a, a, a denarius was a day's wage, and a lepta, or lepton, was one one-twenty-eighth of a, of, a, of a denarius. One one-twenty-eighth. And she, here she gives two copper coins. So she's given the equivalent of one sixty-fourth of a day's wage. It's really not that, not that much. Uh, but these small coins, now... So, so if a denarius is a day's wage, and I've done this before, right? I just think it's fascinating to put it in the, to our perspective and our, uh, you know, the day we live in. But statistically, the average salary right now is $60,000. That's, that's, what, that's what the internet says. It has to be right, right? 60000 So if you divide that by 365 daily, you come to $165 a day. And then... One one twenty eighth of that is a dollar sixteen. So you know, just just putting it into into perspective, uh, and she she put in two coins, so it's somewhere between two and three dollars, two two and two dollars and fifty cents or so. Um, really, not a very big gift at all compared to the large sums that others were giving. Um, but here. It's amazing. She was generous. These two coins showed her generosity. Um, it, that's what stood out. Christ very easily could have praised these, these, rich, these, these rich people who, who gave. And perhaps some of them, you know, with the crowd drawing around Christ, they may have given their large offering and come over to hear what Christ had to say. And hoping that, hey, maybe he'll pat me on the back or say, look at this guy, how much money he gave. Be, be more like him. And when here he's calling out, calling them out and, and saying, look at, here's the example, look at this widow who gave two little lepta. These, these two smallest coins. And... You know, what, 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 what an example. But they're, they're generous. We're to, we're to be generous. I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And Paul wrote a lot to the church in Corinth about giving. The church was, it was really the troubled church of the New Testament. They struggled in so many areas. Church discipline, giving. Com, com, communion, all, all sorts of things. But 2 Corinthians 9, Paul tells them how to give. And he uses the, the Macedonian churches as an example, which would be like Philippi, Thessalonica, the churches in Macedonia, who, the, you know, those churches didn't have very much. And the people in the churches were also poor. So 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. 
And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So just pause there for a minute. There's, you know, there's a lot in those verses about giving. We, we see in verse 6, we, re, we reap what we sow as we give. If you just give sparingly, that's how you're going to reap. If, if, if you reap bountifully and generously and abundantly, that's how you'll reap. That's the type of blessing you will get back from, from God. Uh, verse 7, not reluctantly. How many of you have given, I, I don't want to show of hands, but how many of you have given re, reluctantly? Like, ah, I know I have to do this. And you, you almost hate to do it. I, I hope that's not true for you. Re, reluctantly, under compulsion, but with a sense of guilt, with a sense of obligation, uh, or duty. No, we're to give cheerfully, as it says there. God loves a cheerful giver. This is something you love to do. You, your life has been transformed through faith in Christ. You are so abundantly blessed by God's grace. And you, you cannot help but give to God so much. That's the idea. Why? Well, because of the grace. And we saw that in verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound to you. That undeserved favor. We deserve judgment and wrath. But he, he saved us by grace through faith in his Son. And you know, we, we, are, we have all su- sufficiency in all things. He, he provides for us. That's an act of grace on God's part as well. He takes care of his children. Um, Look down at verse 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. God God loves to be gracious and to bless his children. And he does that. There, verse 11 says he will enrich you in every way, not just financially, I think physically, relationally, in, in, in every way, as it says. To be generous in every way. He, he wants to bless you. If, if you are generous in giving, God wants to continue blessing you in all areas of your life, so you will continue and even grow in your generosity. It, it just con- it continues on. Then it produces thanksgiving as well. So, so important. Look, look, look down at verse 15 there at the end of this passage. Here's we think about giving. We give because of the best gift that's ever been given. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation through him. That's a gift that, that we could never earn. That's only by God's grace. We would be so lost and hopeless without Christ and without that gift. So it should be natural and instinctive and it's normal for a Christian who has been 
the recipient of God's grace, to generously and cheerfully give. And we certainly see that here. Acts 20, verse 35, I'm sure you know the verse well, but it says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20, verse 35. That's a quotation there of Christ. Christ said that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And hopefully that's true for you. Yeah, it's great to get things. I mean, we all enjoy that. But when you, when you go out of your way and you give somebody a gift and you just see the joy there, you, you know you are a blessing to them. That, that's a better feeling even than receiving a gift. So you think of our, pas- our passage here in Luke. Um, actually, I want you to turn to uh, Luke chapter 6. We'll look at another verse here, Luke chapter 6. But our main passage for the morning, Luke 21, here you have the rich people and you have the poor widow and the two different gifts. Who does Christ focus on for their generosity? He focuses on the widow, on the one who, materially speaking, gave the very tiny gift, just two little lepta. It would be less than two or three dollars now. Um, he focuses on the widow. But Luke 6, 38, Christ, in, in, th- this is Luke's account of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, it's, a, it's a little different than, than Matthew's, which is three full chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. But here, there's some highlights that Luke gives, but... Look at, at Luke, no, let's just start at verse 37, read it in context. 637, judge not and you will not be judged, condemn not and you will not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven. Give, here it is, verse 38, give and it will be given to, to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. There's a lot in that verse there about giving. Um, now back in that day, I think I have a picture of it here. Why don't you go to the next, next picture there. Um, here's, a, here's an artist's rendition of what they used to do in those days. They would wear these long flowing robes, and they'd go to the market, and they'd purchase grain. And you see how they carried it? They'd pull part of the robe up at the belt there. They'd make a little pouch, and in, in would go the grain. And they'd walk home that, that way. So, you know, you make it as big as you can. You get as much in there. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, that's a little bit different than, than, than times now. But that's, that's, that's what they did here. And here he says, Christ says, he's, he's, he's using this picture. He says, give. Give, and it will be given to you. How will it be given? When you give to the, to the Lord, good measure, you'll receive good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be, will be put into your lap. So this is the picture. Um, when you give generously and abundantly, God will, in a sense, as you make that pouch, waiting for God's blessing, 
He'll give you more than you can handle. It'll be running over, shaken, uh, running over, pressed down, all those things. Who doesn't want to be blessed that way? And we don't give just for the material blessing. We give out of love to God. But biblically, there is blessing tied to giving. And that's, that's the picture there. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Really, the amount of blessing you receive is up to you. It's, it's up to you. How much am I willing to give to, to God? If you just have such little faith that we just you know, look into my wallet when, when the ushers come forward, and, hey, I got a $5 bill, I guess I can spare $5. And maybe you're just choosing $5 worth of blessing when you could experience so much more. So, you know, there in Luke 21, 3, Jesus said about the widow, Truly I tell you, this poor widow put in more. Put in more than, than all of these who are giving such large gifts. She put in more. And you think of the proportion and the sacrifice. She was more generous. Now, the third point is giving is to be sacrificial. Giving is to be sacrificial. Here in Luke 21. Um, they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty. You know, it, if you have a lot, and you have an abundance, you have wealth. Now, I can't identify with this, but I can just imagine. If you have wealth and abundance, and you just... You perhaps give a good a good sized gift, but it it's not touching your your abundance. It doesn't hurt. It's not sacrificial. That doesn't mean your gift is bad, but it's not as good as if you sacrificially give. But here this woman, even though she gave such a little amount financially, she gave out of her poverty. She gave not just out of her poverty, she gave everything. Can, can you imagine giving everything? Everything. Zero out your bank account and all the cash you have and empty out your retirement accounts. Everything. And put it all in the offering saying, Lord, I don't know. And I'm not saying you have to do this. This is between you and the Lord. But if you do that, you put it all in, in the offering, you give. Saying, I don't know how I'm going to pay next month's uh, car bill or the, the rent or how am I going to buy groceries? I don't know. God, you're going to have to provide, but I give it all. The Bible says that's the type of person he blesses, he blesses abundantly as well. Um, but here she... Through such a gift, she was willing to trust God with her entire life. These rich men, these rich people, didn't do that. Yeah, they gave a lot, and we thank the Lord for those as well. But to give everything and to be completely reliant upon God, that is true faith. 
And I don't know, we don't, we don't read any more about this poor widow in Scripture. We don't know, but if what Christ said is true about if you give and it, it, how you give, you'll be blessed. This widow, I venture to say, was abundantly blessed afterward. Um, all that she had to live on. I want you to go to uh, 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, as I mentioned, Paul wrote to the Corinthian church often about giving. And that's good for us, so we can understand more of the Lord's will when it comes to giving. But 1 Corinthians 16, starting at verse 1. Now concerning the, the collection for the saints... As I directed the churches of Galatia, you, so you also are to do. Now, here he's writing to the church in Corinth. Does he say even in that verse that it's just a suggestion <laughs> that you're to give? No, he says, here I'm giving you some direction, some instruction. So you are to do it. So you are to do. This is a command. We are to give. I think it goes on verse 2, I've already read this verse once, but on the first day of the week, on the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there'll be no, so there will be no collecting when I come. So there, there's a lot from that verse as well, verse 2. But you know, we, we've, seen it's, we've seen it's a command there, verse 1. On the first day of every week. Now, generally, that's when the church meets. And ever since the first resurrection day, Easter, and on through almost 2,000 years, Christians meet on the first day of the week. It's not just because it's a good day to meet. It's because we celebrate the resurrection every Sunday. That's why. It, we, you know, the Jews celebrated and held high the Sabbath, which was Saturday, but, but you know, we, we hold high Sunday, the first day of the week. But it's the first day of every week. It's a regular occurrence. Each of you, we already talked about that, this is expected for every Christian. He's writing to a church of believers. Each of you is to put something aside. Put something aside. This is something you intentionally plan on. You plan out. It's not just a, a whimsical uh, thing that you just, there's no thought put into it. No, you plan it out. You put something aside. And you store it up. Carrying that, that, that idea on. You store it up. You, it, if you're going to store something up and you plan out your gift, it, you know, it's most likely going to be a good-sized gift. If it's just a couple pennies, or just something that's not going to hurt you at all, why, why go to the effort of storing it up? Here the idea is it's something significant. Set something, put something aside, store it up, and then as he may prosper. As God has prospered you. As I look out here today, I think there are, there's every level of financial resources. Uh, who, who knows? 
And I, I, I don't want to know what you give, and as a pastor, I, that's not something I, I desire or even, even want to know. Um, that, that doesn't change anything, but as you may prosper, this is between you and the Lord, but give in proportion to you, the blessing you receive from God. Give. Um, now I want you to go to Second uh, Corinthians 8. There's just a little bit more teaching here. 2 Corinthians 8. And in verses 1 to 7, we see that, and we've already talked this morning about God's grace. God has been so gracious to us. When we give to the Lord, we are, that itself is an act of grace on our part, saying, thank you, Lord, for your grace to me. 2 Corinthians 8, starting at verse 1. We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and extre their extreme poverty... <laughs> Hold on here a second. Here he's given the Macedonian churches. Here you have Philippi and Thessalonica and others. They've gone through a lot. Affliction extreme poverty, how would you think this church would end? We, could, we understand that yeah, they, they couldn't give anything, right? That's how we think the verse should, it should end. Verse 2 goes on. The, it has overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Do you see that? They went through so much, and here he's setting them out as, as an example to the Corinthians. They went through so much, it, they didn't use it as an excuse not to give. They used it as motivation to give more. Uh, that's, that's amazing to me. Now that's understanding grace. Verse 3 goes on, For they gave according to their means, as, as I can testify. So apparently Paul knew what they made or in the situation of the church. But then he goes on, and beyond their means, of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. I mean, they, there were Christians who were in even more need than them. I think this is talking about some of the, some of the believers in Jerusalem. Uh, but here you have these believers in Macedonia who were such examples. They went through so much. They, they didn't have much at all. They were like the poor widow. Yet they, they gave generously, overflowing. They gave according to their means and beyond their means. That's amazing. Is that how you give? You say, boy, I just, I, if I have any money at the end of the month, if I have anything left over, then God, God can have that. Or do you start with planning out and storing up and saying, God, you have been so gracious to me. How can I not but just give you everything or give you a lot? Giving beyond their means. Because uh, there's, there's people that need, need your, your, your love, Lord. And if this money helps, use it. But it's an act of grace. Um, you know, look, look down at 
Well, here, let's, let's just keep working through. Verse 5. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. This is the right order of giving. People are, we, we must give ourselves to the Lord first, and that's, that's through faith in Jesus Christ. We ask the Lord to save us. We give ourselves to him. And then, by the will of God, to us, Paul says, you, you sacrificially give because of the grace you've received. So, <laughs> it's, it's, that's just amazing. Look, look down at verse, well, let's, let's keep going. Uh, six, accordingly we urge Titus that he should, that as he had started, so he should complete among you this act of grace. You see it there? Giving is an act of grace. It's not just a burden or an annoyance. Hopefully you don't see it that way. This is an act of grace every time you give to God. And then verse 7 here, our last verse in this passage. But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. He lists so many important areas of the Christian life, but he says, don't forget about the grace of giving, about returning to God the grace he's given you and gives you every day. Give to him. Give to him. So how much are we to give? <laughs> how, much, how much are you to give? Now, it is between you and the Lord. I don't believe there is a set amount that a Christian is to give. Uh, pray about it, seek God's will. Don't be grudging. Don't ask, well, how much do I have to give? <laughs> does, does that show a generous or a sacrificial heart, a spirit? How much do I have to give? Can I just give God 10% of the, of the net? That, that, that I make. You know, I, I don't really want to give him the, the gross. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. That's grudging. That's not the right spirit for a believer who experiences all this grace from, from God. Uh, how much can I give? The real question is, how much, how much blessing do I want to receive? That's the real question. Say, well, I want $5 blessing worth. <laughs> uh, I want 10% worth. I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. Right before Matthew in your Bibles. Such a good verse on giving here. Malachi 3, verse, starting at verse 8. Down to verse 10. Malachi 3.8. Will a man, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Your tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me. The whole, the whole nation of you. 
Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. Here God says, test me, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no need. Wow. How many want a blessing like that? (laughs) Sign me up. And we all would want blessing. And how many give to God that way? Do you test the Lord? I think that's what the poor widow was doing. When she gave her last penny, her last, she had nothing left. She was testing the Lord in faith. Lord, I'm going to give this to you because I love you, because of your grace. But I'm trusting you. You're going to have to provide my next meal. You're going to have to provide. And I'm sure God did. But put God to the test. When we don't give as we should, this so often here it says in this text, we rob the Lord. <laughs> We're guilty of stealing. Why? Because it's God's money. It's not our money. It, it belongs to him. Don't rob the Lord. (laughs) We're so good at justifying our sin, whatever it may be, including how we give. So, I'm going to just say a few words here about tithing. Now, most people believe that we're to tithe. Tithe means tenth. That's that's what the word tithe means, tenth. Uh, Ten percent. Now, Studying this, uh, tithing, scripturally, biblically, is an Old Testament concept. It's through the Old Testament because it's part of the Old Testament law. It's part of the law of Moses. Are we under the law of Moses? No. Christ has fulfilled the law when he died on the cross. He, He fulfilled the law. In fact... The large majority of mentioning of tithe and tithes is all in the Old Testament. The only time in the New Testament tithing is mentioned is in the Gospels before the church and before the law was fulfilled. Or the the other example is in Hebrews, where the writer of Hebrews actually says he's talking about Abraham and how he tithed to Melchizedek, which is even before the law. So, for Christians to say it's God's will for us to tithe, we have to give 10%. I don't, I don't think that's biblical. It's not, it's not a, a New Testament church concept. And maybe some of you are saying, oh, good thing. Boy, I couldn't afford to give 10%. <laughs> uh, or what, 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 whatever. It, we aren't limited to 10%. We, we aren't limited. It's, it's discretion. Here's what MacArthur says in Whose Money Is It Anyway in his book there. He says, The biblical model does not mandate a certain amount or proportion of what we ought to give. Instead, the Apostle Paul says, Believers have complete discretion to give as God prospers them. In the New Covenant principle on giving, he says, The one you and I should live by is not derived by some mandatory percentage. 
New covenant giving flows from the heart. That's the idea. So you need to decide. You need to pray and, and determine what it is, how much the Lord would have you give. It's not, we're not required to give 10%. In fact, the more you look into tithing, in the Bible, tithing is part of the law, was really not even about worship. It was about tax. It was taxing for, for, for governmental use. That's what the tithe was about, because the Jewish people were under a different governmental system, and it was tied into the temple and the worship. But they, they gave tithes to support the government. It was more of a tax. And it was an Old Testament concept. In fact, if you add up all the tithes and percentages that the Old Testament says, they gave more than 10%. They gave uh, up to 25% of their income for, for different taxes, different times, different, different things. So they didn't just pay 10%. So giving is to be voluntary. We're not limited to 10%. We've experience so much of God's grace, maybe you could say 10% should be the baseline. And whatever God, however God has prospered me, I can go up, maybe I'll give 30%. Maybe I'll give 50% if I can. Or whatever it may be. Give as the Lord prospers you. How much do you want God to bless you? That's the idea. We're not limited to 10% blessing from God. We can, we can be blessed however he wants, based on what we give. Um, hopefully that makes sense to you. We're, we're not under a 10% tithe law. We're, we're, we're not under law. We're under grace. And giving is an act of grace. So, we're to give sacrificially. So, to apply this. I just want to put that, that verse up here on the screen. 2 Corinthians 8, 5. I already mentioned it once, but I think it's good for, for, the, for, the, for the application. They gave themselves first to the Lord, and then by the will of God to us. So, this morning, is, as you're hearing these words, have you given yourself to, to God? Have you humbled yourself and repented of your sins and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and been born again? Are you a Christian? That's where it begins. God wants you before he wants your, your money. God wants you before he wants your money. If you're not a Christian, that's what you need to do. Trust the Lord. Experience his grace right now. But for all of us who have experienced God's grace and do experience God's grace every day, are you giving to, to God in worship? Do you look forward to that time in the worship service where you get to, you get to do that act of grace and give, give to God back some of what he's given to you? Give something. Pray about how much it might be. Give intentionally. Plan it out. Give Give faithfully. Remember Paul said in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, every week, 
It's a regular thing. Give faithfully. Give cheerfully. Something you look forward to doing. Give generously. Give, give out of your poverty. Give so it will affect you. So you, are, so you have to trust the Lord to provide. Give sacrificially. And give as an act of grace. The Bible has a lot to say about giving. And I think every one of us can grow in our giving. Test God, as Malachi said. Test the Lord. Really what it comes down to is this. Give as much as you are okay with God blessing you. (laughs) How much blessing do you want? How much? (laughs) That's how we should give. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for, for the truth of your word, even when it comes to worshiping you through giving. Lord, may each of us here prayerfully consider what it is that you would have us to give. How much? How much can we give to you and return that grace that you shower upon us every day? May we give faithfully and generously and sacrificially. Lord, I pray you'd be honored and glorified. Lord, we don't give to just to receive the blessing. <laughs> That's, we're not selfish. We, we want to give to say thank you. And, we, and we, we love you with all of our hearts. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.